I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. It's Transformational Thursday, sisters, and I have a wonderful guest with me today. I will be joined by the lovely Caroline Frenette. This is definitely a spiritual conversation. We're diving headfirst into intuition, which I'm so grateful for because intuition has been something that has been kind of mysterious for me for the grand majority of my life. It's really only been probably within the past three to five years where I've really started diving into this myself. So to speak with Caroline, who has so many years of experience really researching this concept and how to apply it to your life, it's really, really a pleasure. And I would say that this conversation is kind of like practical intuition, like how to take intuition and practically apply it in all areas of your life. So this is a power-packed conversation. Definitely take down some notes. Caroline is a certified transformative coach, aka super coach, who is the founder of the Insight Mastermind, the author of the upcoming book, Wake Up Your Inner CEO and Create a Thriving Business, and the host of The Caroline Frenette Show a podcast dedicated to bringing the understanding of the three principles to businesses worldwide. Caroline has spent the past 10 plus years researching the human intuitive process as it applies specifically to business building and entrepreneurship, immersing herself as a research participant in over 25 well-known business courses and conducting experimentation with her own businesses as well as those of her clients and investing over $100,000 to date in her quest to help business owners develop a deep inner security, confidence, and strength that will transform the way they do business forever. Caroline's research and professional interests have led her to explore various opportunities around the world, her next adventure and dream being to develop a nonprofit to teach women in developing countries how to unleash their inner CEO and create thriving businesses that impact their community positively. Caroline works with entrepreneurs, leaders, and visionaries who want to unleash their full creative potential, achieve higher levels of performance, and create better results in their lives and businesses. I'm going to include all of her contact information in the show notes, as well as her three top tips for creating more joy in life, work, and love. Let's get into this amazing conversation. Without further ado, here's Caroline. Welcome back to the Enoughness Revolution, everyone. It is Transformational Thursday, and I have a phenomenal guest here with me, Caroline Frenette, who is going to be talking about her process of creating more joy in your life. And I'm so excited for this conversation. Caroline, thank you first for being here. I am so glad that you are joining me. Thank you. I'm really happy to talk to you. Oh, me too. So one of the things that I love about you is a lot of your work, a lot of the things that you put out content-wise are really helping women expand into their potential. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about why that is your purpose. I think it's always been my calling first. I've always felt drawn to work with women and I call it awakening the inner leader or awakening the inner CEO. And it's just always been my calling and it 
turned into me creating uh, my first business, which was around women's ready-to-wear. Again, my passion was, um, was how can I enhance their daily lives by helping them feel more beautiful. So I created this beautiful high-end ready-to-wear that I felt that if they wore these clothes that made them feel good, that they would feel more empowered. Yeah. Um, now I know a little differently that how you feel is not necessarily related to what you wear, but that came later. And then it shifted into more of a well-being business where I blended my passion for fashion and designing clothes into yoga. So I created my second business, which was called Yoga à Porter. And that was a blend of Prêt à Porter, which is ready to wear in French, and yoga. And again, the theme was about helping women um, be at their best, feel at their best, but by blending again the clothes, the comfortable clothes, environmentally friendly and these beautiful fabrics and using like cashmeres and silks and stretch and, mm. and the, the, you know, the yoga and the well-being and the meditation. And, um, and then, which led me to uh, bridging into transformative coaching. And it's interesting your question because it's having me trace back a little bit of why has this always been present for me? And, and the first thing that came to mind when you asked the question, I actually saw myself at 10 years old at the school that I was going to, which was a private nun school. Okay, so now I think we're touching on it. <laughs> I was going to a private nun school. It was, first of all, the first school in North America, I think, because it's um, Trois-Rivières, the town that I was born into, was, it's one of the oldest. It is the oldest in Canada. Uh, so I would have to do research if it's all of North America. But the first school built, and it, it was built, or the people teaching were the nuns. Mm -hmm. They were called Ursuline, the gray nuns. And I was going to that school for almost 11 years of my life. And I remember I had this image as you were asking that question. I saw myself at that school becoming um, a bit of a rebel because I felt misunderstood from the nuns. They actually seemed so unhappy to me. Well, I know that they were unhappy because a lot of them were depressed. We were driving them nuts, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't know what to do with us. Like young women that are becoming teenagers. Like, yeah. like what the heck do you do with that, right? <laughs> and feeling so misunderstood. And so again, when you ask the question, I think that a part of me probably saw at that young age that part of my purpose and my mission would be to help women stand into their power, understand themselves better, and ultimately learn how to unleash their full creative potential, which is now what I'm, what I'm doing through my coaching business and through yeah. uh, my courses and books and stuff. Yeah, I'm so glad that you reached all the way back to your 10-year-old self because that's a, a pretty powerful piece of your puzzle, I think. Yes. This concept of inner CEO, will you talk more about that and what that means to you? Yeah. Well, that came again from being an entrepreneur for almost 15 years and always being very intuitive. Um, but for the longest time, I was using my intuition for other people. Like I actually had been doing intuitive readings and tower readings for like almost 15, 20 years. But I never thought that I could use my wisdom for my business. I mean, I... I kind of knew it, but I never really had fully embraced it until my, uh, my, my yoga business, my, I think that's my second business, where I found myself uh, with two retail stores in Montreal, 
uh, a yoga studio, manufacturing my own clothing line, having a team of employees, a team for the yoga studio, and then suddenly in a position of being a leader, and suddenly having a real business with a lot on the line, mm -hmm. uh, big investments, big rent space, you know, taxes and pays, and, and making, you know, uh, really good revenue as well from the business, but all the pressure that came along with that. Yeah. And I started to see that maybe that intuition thing could be useful in business, that even though I had, you know, been using it for other people consciously, that maybe it was time for me to really master this for myself. Maybe there was a way of creating a business that was more in the flow. Mm -hmm. I remember a year in particular, I think it was in 2007, I remember reaching one of our best um, years in terms of sales and growth and reaching our goals. But I remember also operating from a high level of excitement and anxiety. Mm. It's just on the same, same line, right? It's, yeah. And it can get confused sometimes that like the energies blend and then suddenly like you're operating from ambition and drive and excitement and, and also like the stress that you think needs to be part of how you do things in business and that energy that, um, that you think that you need to get things done and to operate on that quote unquote high level, which is not really, that's not even the highest level we can operate from. That's just a trick of the mind. And then I started to see, you know, maybe like there's a place within me that I can tap into that's so much more grounded and calm and wise and completely different energy than I know people are listening on the podcast now. They don't see the movement that I'm making, but I'm showing this you know, with my hands of operating from the mind and the, no the noisy thinking and things going fast, not only in our mind, but also in our reality. And instead of tapping into that, going deep within to that space within where there is wisdom and calm and clarity, mm -hmm. the more I started to see that for myself, uh, learning how to tap into that place within me, the more I thought, hey, wait a minute, it could be interesting for entrepreneurs to learn how to do this. And then after years and years of exploring this for myself and sharing it with other entrepreneurs, I kind of brought it into my business. And I guess I, I don't know if other people are calling it inner CEO, but for me, it just made sense to call my inner wisdom in business, my inner CEO, the wisdom that has the answers. I love that. Now, I'm, I'm really curious for you, was that an easy transition to go from operating from the head to moving more towards, I think what you're describing is more from like your heart center, more from your soul? Well, first of all, it's not a clear transition, meaning in my everyday life, I live in both states and yeah. both, I call it state, a state of mind. And I think it applies for all human beings. I think our levels of consciousness in terms of how we get to operate in the world can elevate through insights and through, um, through insights mostly. Um, but it's not so much a transition as a power in the moment where I get to see the energy or the state of mind that I'm operating from. Mm -hmm. And I know it from how it feels. And I know, I know it from the quality of the thinking. So for example, what I, 
want to look for in my everyday life is I want to look for a clear state of mind. I want to operate in a clear state of mind. And in a clear state of mind, my thoughts are flowing and I'm highly intuitive because in that flow state of mind, I'm directly connect, connected to my intuition. Mm -hmm. I'm open to inspiration and open, I'm open to new thoughts. I'm in an open state. I'm not so much caught in my thinking. It feels like the flow. So for people listening, it's going to feel in different ways. For me, it's a sense of grounding, openness, expansiveness, and flow, and clarity, mm -hmm. and a purity of thought, meaning especially for the intuition, it has a really clear and clean energy to it. Mm -hmm. And there's another distinction I want to bring because sometimes people think that the feeling good is an indication that it's an intuition or that it's a good thought. For me, in my understanding now, the feeling is only an indication of the quality of my thinking. Mm. So I don't need in my everyday life to try to manufacture ways of feeling better because I know that if I don't mess with the system and I'm more into the flow of a clear state of mind, a, a free flow of thinking, that my well-being will just pop up to the surface and it's going to be my daily feeling space, that well-being. And, yeah. and I actually saw that for the first time after... Oh my God, like 30 years in self-help of reading all the books and working on myself and, you know, working to think more positively and to develop my intuition and like, oh my God, did I ever put some work? I mean, Hay House probably got rich because hardly, <laughs> right? And, and what I'm actually talking about right now are the three principles and that's what I talk about in my business and the principles really show how everything is created from the inside out and after three, four years of really exploring the principles and having some insights about how my reality is created, I remember waking up one morning feeling just happy, mm. happy and well-being and relaxed and, and hadn't done my yoga yet, hadn't done my meditation, my pranayama, my millions of rituals I needed to do to start my day right. Yeah. I didn't even have my coffee. Oh my God, what the heck is that? And I remember thinking, wow, that innate well-being really is always there. Mm -hmm. But we make it about so much work and fixing ourselves and working on our, ourselves and our thinking when really the less thinking we have, the happier you are. And back to you know, the joy we were talking about before recording, mm -hmm. the joy is always within... For me, I've come to appreciate, um, I want to say like a quieter joy, because in the past, because I was operating from so much anxiety and stress and excitement and ambition, the joy would come only when I would reach my goals or when I thought I would be on track. And the joy would come at a price. It was manufactured yeah. by my thinking or trying to, you know, God damn it, I got to feel joy. Like, I better write joy on my calendar because I want to feel joy this week. <laughs> Everything I needed to do to feel joy. And when I woke up that morning, I realized that 
wow, I don't need to do any of that. It's already within. Mm-hmm. And the less thinking I have, the more connected I am to that flow yeah. and the better my life is. Yeah. I mean, I've really come to believe like joy is, it's our intended state. Like that's how we naturally are. It's really though, we kind of can make it messy by the way we experience our lives or the lenses that we look through uh, to perceive certain events or experiences, for example, or the way we even think about ourselves. So we can like muddy the waters, so to speak, by making something more important than it needs to be or more difficult than it needs to be, or seeing things through a lens of lack or difficulty or struggle instead of letting things be easy. And I know for me, one of the biggest tools that I have had to deepen into in order to get there is release and surrender, which really involves a lot of faith and trust. And those things, especially when you're coming from a place of working a lot like you were before through that anxiety and that ambition and that push and that force, you know, faith and, and trust and surrender, they have a little bit of a different quality to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, oh, can I really trust this, that this is going to get me to where I want to go, that this can help me reach my dreams just as well as the force and the doing and the ambition. And I know you've had a personal experience recently deepening into surrender yourself. I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah. And just to go back, as you were talking about surrender and, and uh, trust, for the longest time, one of my teachers was telling me, you got to surrender. You got to surrender. You got to surrender. Surrender. And I was like, what the F are you talking about? Like, I don't know what it looks like. And, and um, I've come to see, I think we've talked about that, you and I, that surrender is not a doing. Like, how do you do surrender? You don't do surrender. You're either in the surrender. You don't do it. Just like, just like trust, that was a big insight I had about somebody was saying, trust your intuition. And then I thought, oh, no, no. You're not intuiting. You're not in intuition if you have to trust it. Because when you're in it, you're in trust. You're in it. You don't have to trust it. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, to me, it goes back to doing all these things that we learned that we need to do to perform better, to have a better life or more joy versus more of a being state. Yes. And opening, which is probably what surrender is. Like, I mean, what the heck do I know what surrender? Sometimes I feel it, but I know that when I'm in it, that I'm not trying to be in it. I'm not trying to surrender. I am it. Yes. I am of it. Does that make sense? No, I totally, totally agree. It's like... um it's not necessarily an action as much as it is of an allowing. Like for me, it's almost like getting out of the way instead of like making it all about me. I I trust that, you know, I'm going to show up in the capacity that I need to and the universe is going to show up with the rest. And that's where like the trust piece comes in. And I think for me, it's really been about developing a relationship with the universe and with my intuition so that I know that it will show up for me or even looking for evidence that it already has shown up for me. And that's when I think it gets really beautiful when you start to look back across your journey and, and see, notice, appreciate the way the universe has shown up for you. 
And in that way, you kind of feel more carried, you feel more held, and you feel a little bit safer, I think, releasing. Because that's what I think surrender is all about, is <laughs> getting to this place where you feel safe enough to let go. That's huge. That's huge. And uh, you know what one of the questions that I hear most is? is well, how do you do that? Like, how, how do you allow? Like, how do you have that opening? And you just talked about um, being held. It is like it is an opening. It is. I think it's something you need to see for yourself, and you've obviously seen it for yourself. So when people ask me, "Well, how do you do that?" I want to have a conversation about how um, thought, mind, and consciousness work, so that they understand their system. But I know ultimately they'll have to have their own insights about that. That it's not a doing. And um, I remember three years ago in London being on stage at, at, I was being coached on stage at Super Coach Academy. And my coach was behind me. There was another coach in front of me and we were doing an exercise. And I brought in a really practical question about my business. I was launching a program back then. And I knew that I was feeling so constricted about how I was going about creating it. There was very little trust in the universe because I had to do everything. <laughs> and there was a lot of needing to control everything. And that energy was so constricting. And, and there was quite a high level of stress in there and, and just small thinking kind of. And I even forgot what, what my coach said, but somehow I had an insight where I saw how in my everyday life, and I'm sharing this so that maybe people will see for themselves how it might work, but I saw how in my everyday life and in this particular moment in my business that it was like the little me trying to create. Mm -hmm. Very small, small thinking. And, and I mean, people that would know me back then would say, well, you know, you don't have small thinking. But in the way of operating, it was... It was trying to control, which is very limiting. And in there, there's not a lot of stress or space for the universe to work its magic. It was all on me. And because <laughs> I know better, right? <laughs> oh, I know this. Move, move over, universe. <laughs> yep. And somehow when I saw, and when I see things like that, it's kind of like in my third eye, I get like a, a, a vision that pops up. And, and so I saw the little me, and then... I saw that I wasn't that little me. So if, it, if that's not me, then there's a bigger me. And what happened is that in one second, it might sound really weird, but in one second, I saw an infinity of bigger me mm -hmm. until I fell into the unknown. It, it happened within one second. It was really weird. And it was really like a life-changing shift of consciousness insight moment. And, and for the first time in all of my life, even though I have been told over and over again, you know, learn to surrender and, and, you know, just open up to the wisdom of the universe. For the first time in my life, I felt that the universe, the unknown, was my best friend. Mm. And just like you said earlier that you felt held, I fell into it. And it's like the unknown became my best friend. And it was really, again, I'm sharing this, being really aware that I don't want people to think that that's how they're going to have to see it for themselves. It is an insightful process. But 
when I saw that, the universe and the unknown did became, become my best friend. And then in there, in that space, trust is implicit. Mm-hmm. And it is an opening and it is a oneness. And it is a space of infinite possibilities and infinite potentiality. And if I can operate more from that open space in my everyday life, the action that I take have more potentiality. They have a potency to it because there's just less of the friction of the thinking mind involved, the control and, and more of the flow of life. Yeah. I love that you talk about the unknown being your best friend, because to me, it really signifies that there is a relationship that has to be built here. And I think, you know, for many years, I would hear people who have this really strong relationship with God or the universe or their soul and the way that the universe speaks to them. And I'm like, why don't I have that? Like, how do I get that? Because I want some of that. And just always feeling so confused by it of like, well, what does it sound like? What does this voice sound like when it speaks to you, you know? And for me, it's been about creating a relationship with that part of myself. And that's what I think allows us to feel held. Like give any relationship, for instance, like um, a best friend, um, a romantic partner, even a colleague of knowing that you can open up and be vulnerable with them and that you will be held by them. All of that comes from building trust over time. Like it's not something that just immediately happens. It's something that you, I think, energetically and emotionally pour into. And for me, it's really been emotionally and energetically pouring into my own belief system so that that trust and faith builds so I can feel held by something else that is out there. So I think, I love that you talk about this unknown, something that usually creates a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety for many people. We do not like the unknown because it gives up our potential to control the outcome, which is usually what creates that sense of safety and certainty. But you have been able to dive into something like that and make it your best friend. I think that that is phenomenal. Mm. Yeah. And again, I didn't have to work on it. Working on it was getting me out of the path for me. It was an insight. It's something that I saw that created that opening. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that unless we have it within us, we can't create it outside of us. Yeah. It has to be within first. Mm-hmm. And if the space within is a space of infinite potentiality, if that space within, and by space within, I mean that, that space within, like we are made of, you know, the universe and, and at the quantum level made of the same elements. If everything is within us, then we don't have to look outside of ourselves to create it. You know, earlier you talked about, you know, uh, creating trust in a relationship, but that's actually impossible unless you see it for yourself, unless it's within you. Mm-hmm. You have to see it for yourself in order to create it. It's the space within that creates the space around you that people feel and people connect to. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've seen. Interestingly enough, 
have you ever met people that you come in there in contact with them, whether it's like on Skype, you're not even in the same city or in person. And from their energy, you feel like a transformation or you feel mm -hmm. more connected, right? Yes. So that would not be possible unless they held it within them. Yeah. And that we react to that. So I see it like in relationship that I have to see that for me mm -hmm. in order to create it outside of me. I get that. Totally get that. So mm -hmm. along your journey, when it comes to joy, how has surrender impacted that for you? Hmm. That's a big question. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, it's such a big question. Well, just back to what I was saying earlier, I just feel that the less thinking I have about things, the easier my life is, the more open I am. And, you know, another insight I had about that that might be helpful um, to share was that when I realize that I live in my thinking, I live in the feeling of my thinking and how I feel is directly related to my thinking yeah. and it creates the reality that I live in. Like it, literally there's 7 billion human beings and there's 7 billion different realities all created by our thinking. And when I started to see that for myself, I also realized that, oh, wait, yeah, everyone lives in their thinking. And that started to free me also from what other people are thinking about me because it's just, it's their thinking. Yeah. It's not about me. And how it plays out in my everyday life is just an openness of just not caring as much, mm -hmm. of more freedom mm, yes. in my state of mind. Mm -hmm. And because of that freedom, I... Um, what was I going to say? I had a bunch of image come through. I tend to go for more organically, naturally, for um, what my intuition wants me to create, which turns out my, I guess my life theme is about having fun. Like you call it joy, it, my keyword is fun. Like it has to be fun. I want to laugh. I want to have fun. It's same as joy, right? Mm -hmm. And I've just started to see that, again, less layers of thinking, feeling more grounded in, my, in myself, my connection to uh, my wisdom or universal mind. Mm -hmm. I tend to go for things that are more fun. I have less thinking also, like in business, how this shows up is that um, I really choose things for the fun of it and not for the outcome. Yes. And, and then that applies for anything in life. Does that answer your question, your big question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, you, while you're talking, a quote came up to mind of, it goes, it's what you think of me is none of my business. <laughs> and it takes a high level of detachment, I think, to, to get there. But I also think that a lot of the practices you put into place are of that freedom mindset of just not of realizing that people are feeling because of the way they're thinking and their thoughts are going to be different. I mean, all of us have different realities based on our own thinking patterns, right? So I think it helps us just to see that 
if somebody is thinking something about us that has more to do with them and their experience and their reality than it does about who we are, we don't have to personalize it. And with that comes a great deal of freedom for you to go and do more courageous things, for you to follow your intuition, to, to seek more pleasure, more joy, more fun in your life, because you're not so concerned about what other people are going to be thinking. It's about your yeah. own personal experience. And I think that is something that absolutely increases joy. Yes. And actually, like what you just said, yes, 100%. What people think about you is 100%, 100% created by their thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you are who you are. Yeah. And, and I just want to say that as I say that, that I'm not giving people a pass to be assholes and me. In fact, what I've come to see, remember I shared with you my insight that I live in my thinking mm -hmm. and my thinking creates how I feel. And then afterwards, I remember jumping in the car, going to uh, uh, the food um, shopping place, food store. <laughs> and I was in this space where I could see people's thinking. Mm. I could see people's thinking through their energy, through their body language. And then I get to the cashier, cashier to pay for my food. And she's in a crappy mood. Now, in the past, 50-50 chance that I could have get, gotten annoyed by that. Mm -hmm. Like, I would have had some judgment about that. I would have had some thinking about that. But at that moment, it really crystallized even more. I thought, I was like, oh, she's just having crappy thinking. It's not about me. Yeah. She's having crappy thinking. Now, that is so deep. Now, again, saying that we 100% live in our thinking and that it has nothing to do with other people, that's where the, re the real power lies because what I'm proposing is that 100% of our reality is created from the inside out, 100%. Mm -hmm. So it's not a free pass for people to be assholes or to behave, which I, I mean, whatever. People will do what they want to do anyways. But what surprised me most about that insight about myself and about other people was that it showed me something I didn't think I've had, which was compassion for other people. Mm. <laughs> I thought I was not a compassionate person. I was so short-tempered and impatient with people. And then when I realized, oh, oh, they're just caught up in their thinking in this moment, compassion came. Mm -hmm. So this understanding, in fact, is not a free pass to behave in whichever way because everyone lives in their own reality. I've seen it over and over again that the more people understand that, and that's the principle of thought mostly, is that people start to operate from more a hum human space, yes. a more loving space, a more joyful space, a more compassionate and that's transformative, again, back to what we said earlier, in that space, without saying anything, someone can come into our space and be transformed mm. because we resonate this energy of love. Yeah, I love that. I think that's probably the most powerful thing that we can do is be mindful of, I think, the energy that we're creating within ourselves because it really does dictate how we move through our lives how others respond to us. And it's the, the foundation for freedom, I think. And freedom is a big component of, of more joy. Mm. So. Yeah, and if I can share with you, one of the biggest thing that impacted this for me, which is um, 
I'm sure people have heard about this before. And again, it's not like a practice or a ritual. It's just something that we get to see in our everyday life. But I call it deep listening. You can also, sometimes I call it listening without anything on your mind or presence. Yes. Presence. And that's the awareness of how much thinking do I have at any given moment. And if I can instead be less in my thinking and more in the flow, I become more present and I have an opening and openness and I I can truly listen to what is being said, which will not come from the words from other people. Like, and it makes you so much more intuitive, it makes you able to see what's really happening for the other person. And in that space, also, we're not buying into our thinking. We're not making it about ourselves, which is something you pointed to earlier, mm-hmm. you know, not making it personal. And we're staying in that presence. And that for me has gotten uh, better. <laughs> Even my fiance at some point, my fiance used to say all the time, you're not listening. Yeah. You're not listening. And I wasn't because I was in my thinking trying to fix whatever he was thinking or I was, I was just, I was in my thinking. So you're either in your thinking or you're in deep listening without anything on your mind. And the more I started to practice this, now actually just earlier we're having lunch and I told him, I said, you're not listening because <laughs> totally thinking about what I was saying and that deeper listening that presence that mindfulness that you talked about that is just so powerful I agree yeah I think you have just inspired me to do an episode about that how we actually all the tools that we use to to start getting out of our thoughts and creating more presence in our lives because I do think that that's a big piece of connection of experiencing deeper love with our loved ones and really um, tuning into our own voice and our own intuition and the guidance that is always there for us. So thank you for that, Caroline. And I, okay. an amazing guest today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Everyone, I will put all of Caroline's links down in the show notes for you to connect with her, to read more about her and the amazing work that she's doing in the world and maybe how you can work with her to get in touch with your inner CEO. We will see you again soon on Motivational Monday.